0: It had to be you is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way.
1: Did it heck me? Some who is supportive. I'm in love with you. Could make me be true. Snap out of it! Good that comes out of your eyes and your voice and the way you stand there and the way you walk. You're lit from within, Tracy. It had to be
0: you. Wonderful you. It had to be you. Hello, romantics. Welcome to It Had To Be You, the talk film society podcast that's all about falling in love on the big screen. I'm your host, Manish Mathur, and each episode, I'll be chatting with a guest about one of their favorite romantic comedies from classics to modern hits. My guest today is Stephanie Crawford. How's it going?
1: Hi, I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm very um, very excited to have you on the show. I, um, I've i been looking forward to asking you to come on. I'm really uh, glad that you were able to make some time for me today. Um, so no, I'm also very excited to chat about the still that you picked. Would you like to introduce it for me today?
1: Absolutely. And I'm glad you didn't mind having me, who's normally a horror kid on here. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But I brought up um, Return to Me, which came out in 2000. And it stars David Duchovny and Minnie Driver. And it's directed and co-written by Bonnie Hunt, who I'm a weirdly gigantic fan of. And I saw this in theaters when it first came out. I was a huge X-File nerd. I And I had the biggest crush on David Duchovny, so seeing him just do kind of like a bubbly but kind of heartbreaking romantic comedy it just hit me at the right time during puberty I'll just say that
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I um, I had kind of heard about this movie as one of those that I felt was on tv a lot you know in the 2000s and I feel like I had seen um like bits and pieces of it you know, throughout the years, um, but I never actually like sat down to watch it in full until you suggested it, and I, I really, I really liked it. I mean, I thought it was such a like sweet, very like innocent movie, and very um, charming, without kind of a mean bone in his body. You know, like it felt very just like sweet, and you know warm and glowing so I mean, you mentioned that you um, watched it for the first time like during the X-Files so like David Duchovny like was he like a big big figure in your kind of teen years
1: oh my god <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah. I might have had a live journal where I made like a lot of little icons of him Yeah. Um, but someone would have to prove that I'm not gonna fully admit that <laughs> <laughs> One way or the other. No, I I loved him.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I was I never watched The X Files. Like for me, like David Duchovny, I started to watch him more when he was on Californication in like mm-hmm. the late 2000s. Because um, like that was on TV when I was in college, so it was like kind of like ooh, this like cool edgy show. Mm-hmm. Uh, although now I'm sure if I watched it, I would probably find it very cringeworthy <laughs> but um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i, I mean, I've always liked him as a performer and like seeing him in such a like soft role um, with such a like as like a very like straightforward romantic hero uh someone who's very like charming and and sweet like i I really appreciated him, but you know for me, the main draw is you know mini driver someone who I'm much more familiar with as a you know, actress and singer and TV star. I mean, she pretty much do anything. Uh, are, you, are you a big fan of hers as well?
1: Oh, I am. No, I love yeah. Minnie Driver. Um, I remember when she kind of first came on the scene, I was pretty young, but everyone made a big deal about how she was like, you know, the relatable girl. Like, yeah. she's beautiful, but like in a way you'd see like walking down the street. And I think this might be her ultimate girl next door role
0: yeah oh my gosh! She's just so like lovably soft, you know, and she's so like tender and um like you know one of um just like one of my favorite scenes is like there's a like small moment when but when she is trying to mail her letter I mm. just like her like um her like vulnerability her just like um you know, like, she's just, like, it's so, um, like, um, she's just, like, jumps off the screen and like, her, like, you know, in her emotions and, like, what she's trying to portray. And I really felt for her character, you know, that scene in particular, but throughout the whole movie. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I really like this movie, but um, just in case, you know, listeners haven't seen it or maybe haven't um, seen it in a long time, could you maybe just give us like a brief synopsis just to uh, familiarize our listeners with, with the film.
1: Sure. So when the film starts, it's kind of a parallel plot situation. On one hand, we see um, a, a couple of very, very happily married couple. And um, it's Bob and Elizabeth and that's David Duchovny and Jolie Richardson. And we just, we're plopped right in the middle of their life. Um, and she works at the zoo, and they're trying to raise money for a gorilla habitat. And you kind of just see their home life set up where they have mutual respect, but they're crazy about each other. Um, and Bob's an architect, so their lives are a little bit connected through work. And they. Uh, go to a benefit, and they really take the time to set up Elizabeth as this incredibly compassionate, intelligent, just lovely woman. And um, and we really see her through Duchovny's character's eyes, and you kind of fall in love with her. Um, and then we're shown a, a woman played by mini driver, Grace, who's in a hospital bed, and she... She's basically on her last leg. She needs a heart transplant. Um, And her friend, played by Bonnie Hunt, is there. And even though she's so weak and ill, she has a sense of humor. And they're trying to goof around with each other. But she's, like, gray. It's really end of term for her. And this sounds like a spoiler, but happens within, like, the first 15 minutes of the film. Um, On the way back from the benefit. Uh, Elizabeth dies in a car accident, and we see that her heart ends up with Grace. (laughs) So we catch back up about a year later, and through the beautiful happenstance and serendipity of romantic comedies, um, Bob and Gracie uh, end up uh, finding each other, (laughs) just finding each other, and, you know, they don't... He doesn't know that she's walking around with his dead wife's heart. Uh, But they have an instant connection. And it's one of those plots where when you're talking about it, you kind of want to take a sidebar and be like, listen, I know this sounds really saccharine. But trust me. Um, But that's that's part of why I love about it. It is pretty, it's a high concept plot. Um, But like you mentioned, it has this almost like, almost a naive purity purity to it um because uh the character has been with his wife for a long 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 time and grace has been sheltered because of her illness so she's never had like a quote-unquote normal dating life so it's almost like you have these two grown-ups who are on their first dates with each other. And not just with each other, just on their first dates. And there's like this awkward sweetness through the whole thing that I just eat up like candy.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that this movie has a very high concept. And like going into the film, I was wondering. You know, because essentially, like, I would consider this like a first-time watch because, like, I hadn't seen the whole movie and hadn't really like engaged with it as much as you know I would have to for this podcast. But so, like, when I watched it, you know, earlier, and I was like, okay, this is a movie about a guy who falls in love with, you know, a woman who happened to have his, you know, dead wife's heart transplanted into her. I'm thinking, okay, like, I can. That premise is a good premise for romance because it kinda of has this sort of like cosmic thing of like people being, you know, drawn together through this, right. you know, coincidence and through like, you know, with the heart as like a muscle and as this like abstract, you know, concept. But I really felt like this movie underplayed that in a way that was so beautiful. Like it wasn't um it wasn't this like drawn out thing. It felt very Natural And they their connection, while well, it did sort of have this thing of, like, two lonely people fighting each other, it wasn't, like, um, this, like, over-the-top kind of overly sentimental thing. Like, their connection, like, you know, their first scene together is, you know, he has this, like, awful blind date with this hilarious woman who mm-hmm. is going on about Swiss water. <laughs> and, you know, like, um, they, ha- they kind of have this, like, instant you know, they're instantly attracted to each other. But just like the way that, you know, Grace as you know the, the waitress, at, you know, at her family restaurant dealing with this, like, rude customer, it's like she kind of has this, like, kind of, like, sparky sense of humor, like you mentioned. And so it's like, yeah, we can see... It's not just that they're, like, inherently drawn to each other because of, you know, the heart. It's that, like, they have a connection and... It's only strengthened by, you know, this, you know, like, almost magical coincidence.
1: Right. I, I, no, I love their chemistry. They allow both characters to be equally funny. Well, Grace is maybe a little funnier, but they're pretty yeah. much on the same level. And their friends are funny. Uh, David Allen Greer is Duchovny's best friend and Bonnie Hunt and Jim Belushi. And maybe the only role I actually like him in um, yeah. are Grace's best friends. And it's just everyone... Uh, is delightful and funny in this but very real uh, you get to yeah. see their warts uh, but it's everyone's always cracking jokes and with me in my life you know I like funny people I tend to befriend funny people and yeah it's just nice to see casual jokes that weren't really connected to the plot they were just given room to breathe and it, I think yeah, that's like, another part of its charm.
0: You can imagine like this movie being like you know, a sitcom or something where it's just like these mm-hmm. are just like the kind <laughs> of cast of characters and like you want to spend time with them. you like being around them and they're like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess when you have like actual you know comedians like Bonnie Hunt and, uh, and Belushi, it's like, yeah, like they're just naturally funny people who can just make you know every day, Conversations feel just very, you know, humorous and and exciting to be around. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, we can. I do want to talk about Bonnie Hunt because, um, I, I guess I, I didn't know that she had directed this, and so when I was kind of looking it up, uh, before you know, watching it, I was like, oh yeah, Bonnie Hunt is who like I know from like her sitcom that she had, and like she's been like guest appearing on so many sitcoms and you know um she's of course is in the cars movies as as uh i believe her name is sally she's a porsche so it's like um i know her it's just you know just a kind of funny character actress and seeing her direct this film like you can see how like how much she brought of her own you know from her own career as like a comedian sitcom actor but also she has just such a like, light touch. You know, this movie is so, like, you know, like I was saying, this movie has potential to become so over dramatic and kind of off-putting. But mm-hmm. she's just so graceful with the way that she frames it and just how she's, like, calibrating these performances that I felt like she really struck a perfect tone.
1: No, I agree. Um, it's very well balanced because um, there are a lot of heartbreaking moments in it in my opinion one that always 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 brings tears to my eyes is in the beginning uh right after his wife dies uh David Duchovny's character Bob comes in through the door covered in blood and he just sinks against the the door and is quietly sobbing while his dog is like trying to see when she's gonna come in yeah and it kills me (laughs) and um with grace uh after her surgery, it left a rather large scar on her chest, and she's incredibly self conscious about it and sometimes it's played for laughs and the way she's uh trying to hide it, but she's also given these quiet moments uh where you can tell it's a real vulnerability for her, and I think it's played so well without being overdone. they're not playing like sad music over it or anything like that. And the moment when Bob finds out that Grace does have his uh, wife's heart, um, God, I think they played that so perfectly.
0: Oh yeah, I mean that's like I think like one of the best scenes in the film, if not the best, because it just felt so, um, yeah, just so lovely. Like I. It's, I feel like I'm running out of synonyms for how this movie makes me feel, <laughs> you know, because like, everything it about delightful. it is just so pure <laughs> and like and warm and nostalgic. It, ha- nostalgic it just has this like, that feel to it, but yeah, I mean like that scene is so great and I love how You I mean like, I love how if she, as she, Bonnie Hunt, takes what would just be kind of the normal, like, you know, second act breakup for any romantic comedy that, you know, we've seen in every single one. Yep. But you know, because, because, like, her characters are so real, her, these performances are so authentic that it doesn't play for, like, cheap drama, you can really tell, like, how both these characters are affected by this kind of stunning revelation that they are, you know, going through. It really felt perfectly, you know, uh, perfectly in tune with the kind of movie that she's making.
1: Right. No, because, boy, that scene could have gone really wrong. And thankfully, he he could have been like, what? I can't I can't be around you. It's more like you really see the enormity of the situation hit him and he has to just remove himself, not in a cruel way at all. And they even allow us to really see Grace's reaction to that. She's not like, oh, well, he hates me or thinks I'm disgusting. She's like, yeah, I I don't even know how anyone would begin to know how to process this information. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I and mean, it's just so. Um yeah these characters just feel so um honest you know like there really isn't like i mean even for like, for such a movie that has such a like high concept like i feel like there's like, a couple ways you could do this movie is maybe doing it like a total farce or like doing it as like a very like kind of weepy drama and i think you know both those options i mean especially like a more dramatic version of this movie would be you know um I mean, I would have watched kind of, like, the more, like, melodramatic version of this, and I probably would cry and enjoy it, but, like, the way that she just brings in, like, I mean, this is a true, like, romantic comedy, like, it's very funny, like, you know, Midi Driver, of course, is a very hilarious performa- performer, and, you know, Bonnie Hunt and David Allen Greer and even Jim Belushi, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this movie has such a, like, lo- such a, like, lovely tone to it. Um, so, I... You know, I wanted to ask you about kind of this like running um kind of theme about, you know, building this like building the zoo or like these like that the um the building in the zoo. Like it's kind of like a cool um kind of a cool, unique kind of hook for the film, you know, to make it centered around or maybe not centered around, but like have the like premise involved like building a like a wing for a zoo and, you know, having his, you know, former wife be, like, working there, and, you know, very, like, championing that cause, um, what do you, like, do you, like, like, what do you make of that, like, how does that, like, does that, like, speak to you in any kind of way, or?
1: It does. I think it was a very effective way, uh, to kind of bridge the relationships uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because as we mentioned, uh, Bob is an architect. He's Bob the builder. Oh, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and um, uh, to both honor his wife and also to obviously deal with his grief, he throws his entire life into, finishing what she was working to accomplish, which is to build the gorilla habitat to about uh, three times its size, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And um, like they, they show the house in perfect order in the beginning when she's alive. And then you see the messy deterioration afterwards and it's an obsession to him. And um, as he meets and he falls in love with grace, um, we see that, you know, it's a very happy ending. And it they're able to build it. And I think it's it's a beautiful coda to kind of, it you know, the movie never feels like it's disrespecting um, the wife character. Right. And it never feels like the movie's trying to tell his character, like, get over her and just fall in love with Minnie Driver. Yeah. Um, it's... I think it's kind of just a beautiful way to close the chapter of that part of his life. And there'll always be this beautiful monument there in her honor that he can visit any time. But it's no longer like this thing latched onto his life that he's using to avoid everything.
0: Exactly. And, um, you know, to me, like having... like. I feel like, you know, I mean, obviously I've never gone through anything like this, but I feel like, you know, having some like, being able to, like, work at something that meant something to your late spouse and being able to, like, finish it and have that be, like, kind of a in memory of her. I, you know, I think that would like, to me, that's such a, like, you were saying, that's a great, like, metaphor or analogy of him, like, grieving his wife. Like, she'll always be part of it. She'll always be you know, like as you know, as a, a figure in his life, but because he was able to like complete the building and you know, on, like honor her, you know, work as a zoologist. You know, I think that it's like a way for him to be like, okay, you know, this is completed, this is done, and now I can people, you know, people who like love animals. I mean, I know like most people love animals, but like to like work to like care for animals is, is such an like honorable thing. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that she's, like, they kind of present her as this, like, perfect woman, and in some ways she was. Right. But it doesn't feel cloying or, like, obvious. She she feels like a like a real three-dimensional person, even in her, you know, few scenes. And, I mean, all credit to Jolie Richardson, who I think is a fantastic actress in general, but I was really impressed by her in this film because she really creates this, like, full character who, I mean, essentially she's... You know, if you know the premise of the movie, you know that she's not going to make it past the first act. But she really does a lot with her little screen time and creating this like woman who is just, you know, seems like the perfect person, but not in a very annoying, like writerly way, you know?
1: Right. And I think it's a great contrast because um, Grace is shown to be very flawed, not just uh, because of her health issue, but. Uh, You know, she dresses kind of young. She kind of dresses like an awkward teenager, and she's unsure of herself just because she's had such a hard life. She's kind of figuring everything out, being a healthy person for the first time. And she is sharp, and she is charming and funny and loving and delightful, but you you do get to see the seams on her a little more, and I think it's a great juxtaposition because it's never like well this one's better than this one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it really shows that he is falling in love with two very different women, you know, with one big connection <laughs> between them. Right. But they're completely different people, and I I thought that was
0: really cool. You know, there's definitely that kind of this like fear that, you know, he's just for, like, the first woman to kind of show him any attention, or to, like, get his attention. And I think this movie does a really great job of establishing that, like, they have a, like, romantic connection even beyond the circumstances that they kind of found themselves in. Like, it's not just he's just, like, gonna get the first woman to you know, catch his eye or whatever. I think he's just, like, it's like the it's like Grace comes along like as soon as Bob is like ready for her, you know, ready to kind of move on from his grief and, you know, start to live again. So I found that to be just a very romantic, you know, theme, concept, you know, in the film. So did I. Yeah, I should give you a jacket.
1: Now. No, no, no. No, you keep it. I get it back from you the next time we go out. Okay.
0: Looks
1: really good with your blouse anyway.
0: Oh god. Oh. I'm so sorry. I'm Oh my god, did you see anything?
1: I wasn't looking.
0: No, no, I know, but it's because I had a heart I
1: had a heart I had a heart warming dream about you. <sighs> it must have been a nightmare. No, I mean you were very scary? Sexy? You had a sex dream about
0: No, I didn't have a a (laughs) sex dream about you. I I just met you. I don't even know you. I'm really sorry. Good night.
1: Good night. And you mentioned that blind date. Um... That was a great um difference they showed and he's on this blind double date with this pretentious, terrible woman who's mean to the wait staff. And that's a good tip.
0: Oh yeah. Never Judge your date by how they treat the wear. wait staff.
1: <laughs> so important. And she comes up and, you know, she's she's dealt with customers like this before and you know, it, it's a family business. She's not afraid to be a little sassy, and he, you know, Bob is sitting there miserable, and she she walks in with her personality, and it, it, he just snaps to attention, and his eyes light up, and he just starts instantly connecting with her.
0: Oh God, it's so perfect. <laughs> Like, and I would have watched that scene over and over again because it's just it's so good. That, I mean, like that's how you do, like, okay. I mean, I love Meet cutes and Romantic Comedies. Like, I think mm-hmm. it's like a really well done Meet Cute is like, um, it can really like spark up a film, right? And but there are ways that people, that obviously, bad Romantic comedies do it poorly, you know, where it's like, you know, like I always think of, um, uh, this movie, The Backup Plan, you know, where it's, like, Jennifer Lopez and uh, Alex O'Loughlin, and they, like, you know, hail the same cab, and, like, it's kind of... It's a really kind of basic way to, you know, bring two characters together. But, like, a movie like this, you know, like, it's such a natural meet-cute, but you can just... It's, like, through the writing, through the performances, through the direction, through the editing, it's, you can just tell immediately, like, you can, like... You know, like this is a couple that's like meant to be, and it's just so perfectly executed.
1: Yeah, and they're they're given intimacy really early on in a really funny way, which is the date she's making a big deal about the exact type of water she wants, and um, Bob takes a phone call mainly just to get away from his date, and when he's over near the kitchen, he sees Grace dumping the bottled water out and filling it with tap water and <laughs>
0: yeah, so funny.
1: and she looks over her shoulder and sees him watching her and he kind of raises his eyebrows so she's like oh crap but she goes through with it she puts the straw in, and they both go back and the date's like oh he can always tell the difference and they just share It's <laughs> like little like little secret with their prank and you're just like
0: yeah, oh yeah I love these two. <laughs> Oh my god yeah it's so perfect it's like um, I really, I really like how, um, so, like, I, I really like that scene because, I mean, I feel like it's probably, like, aside from, like, you know, the kind of, you know, the revelation scene towards the end and, like, the the mailbox scene that I mentioned earlier, like, their, like, introduction scene together is just so perfect. And I, I really could pick, a, pick it apart for, like, every little beat that happens and, like, every little character moment between, um you know the the two friends like he and david allen greer and um the two dates and and grace and how you know she gives him the um the order meant for someone else and it's just like uh, it's so it's so funny and so perfect
1: (laughs) yeah you i feel like though this is true with a lot of romantic comedies you have to surrender yourself to its reality a little bit Oh yeah uh, but that's just like any kind of like horror genre, sci-fi genre. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no different, and uh, you know, it. The acting is so naturalistic. The chemistry. I'm not sure if they had a lot of rehearsals for this or what, but man, everyone really just clicked, and um, a lot of things that, if not done so well, maybe with not talented actors or who didn't have the kind of I feel like Bonnie Hunt really went in here knowing exactly what she wanted. And maybe if it wasn't directed with such a sure hand, it would be like, ooh, what? Oh, really? He's reading the letter from the heart donor person while he's eating the food that she just gave him. Like, you know, some of that stuff is so awful,
0: but it's so perfect. (laughs) Like it's so well it's so well done in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I this mean, yeah. Like garlic bread. It's just warm, simple, and delicious. <laughs> and like Bonnie Hunt being so confident behind the camera. I mean, I mean, obviously she's a pro. Like she's been in the industry, you know, for decades, and she's amazing. But like, this is her like directorial debut, like completely. Like, I thought that she had maybe directed episodes of her sitcom, but her sitcom um, came after this movie, and she did direct a number of episodes there. But I was like, I. I feel like I haven't... It's so rare to see, like, a directorial debut that's, like, so perfectly pitched and so confident. And I'm surprised that she had I mean, She's made a few TV films after this, but she never made a feature film after. And I'm surprised because, like, this movie was just so confident. But, of course, I, I don't imagine that it, you know, was a critical success or... I'm sure... It, was a modest hit but it's definitely the kind of movie that could easily get, you know, shrugged off or forgotten. So maybe it's not that surprising she didn't make another film, but I really hope that she can you know get an, a new project going because I think she is she's really great behind the camera.
1: Yeah, no, she's done everything. She had a talk show and it would be great if she would start doing feature films again because again, this movie with its plot could have gone terribly wrong. Um, yeah. This is a much more difficult balance uh, than I think a lot of people might realize because she pulled it off seemingly right. so effortlessly. Yeah,
0: that's um, true. Um, and, what did you think of the soundtrack? I mean, because it has like a oh, really I love good, it. <laughs> good catalog of songs,
1: the old standards. Like, oh, it's so good. Well, that kind of leads me. In. We have we haven't mentioned where Grace works. What her family owns. Yeah,
0: yeah, let's get into that.
1: Is the Irish Italian restaurant, <laughs> which is a character unto itself.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so it's Carol O'Connor, of course, who's most known for All in the Family, and this was his last role before he died. Wow. And Robert Loggia's in there. It's just like, um, there's a lot of scenes where there's a Greek chorus of. Uh, white-haired old uh, Irish guys and Italian guys because it's an Irish-Italian restaurant. And uh, that's another little moment when Duchovny and Driver's characters first meet. They feel a connection right away. He's like, do I know you? She's like, well, yeah, have you eaten here before? He's like, I think I remember an Irish-Italian restaurant. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's a good line. Yeah, Uh, I mean, it's like... um... A movie like this has like a very, like, um, certain sense of place. You know, but, like, having that, like, um, restaurant be very, like, specific. You know, it's an like, Irish-Italian place in the middle of Chicago, like, owned by, you know, a family, lots of regulars. And, yeah, like, the Greek chorus, as you mentioned, has this sort of, like, um, just, that, like, like, the art direction and the production design. Like, it has, this, like, very, like, cluttered, kind of homey look. It looks like a really, like small restaurant you know in like a very like charming way oh and, yeah
1: no um, I've been in restaurants like yeah. that and I've been in houses like uh Bonnie Hunt's house uh yeah they yeah. have like so many kids it seems like they have endless children
0: in right. that house
1: it actually looks like it
0: yeah I mean that like um I feel like when like people talk about you know like romantic comedies I feel like things like production design and editing and, and camera work kind of get um, people don't talk about as much as they might like the writing performances because, you know, it is a lot of talking and people, you know, walking and going in and out of rooms. But I really feel like a movie like this, like the sense of like location is so strong. You really have a sense of, you know, who these people are, like what kind of neighborhood they're living in, like what their experiences are just through like, Exactly, like, Bonnie Hunt's house, or, like, the restaurant, or the the zoo, or, you know, even, like, the scenes in Italy towards the end, which just feel like such a, like, small, kind of, like, I like a small, like, out-of-the-way, like, little village, and it's just so... You just, like, want to, like, jump into the screen.
1: No, it it is a warm, very beautiful-looking film.
0: One of those movies that's a little hard to talk about, because there's, like, really nothing that's, like wrong to, like, pick it apart. You know, there's a (laughs) lot of things that I really love about the movie, but there's nothing that I'm like, you know what, this is a little problematic, or this is a little iffy. I think it's just such a, like, um, harmless, like, sweet film. But it does, I mean, there are a lot of really interesting themes in it, you know, especially regarding like grief and you know moving on you know there's there's that scene in, in the doctors where she seems a little perhaps like resentful of always having to be kind of grateful for this kind of second chance at life and even the doctor is like well you know everyone kind of has those days and i thought that was kind of an interesting theme because Um, this is a movie about someone who was on, you know, the brink of death. I mean, not to be so dramatic, but it's kind of true. And who was, you know, stayed in the last minute by this sort of, you know, unfortunate accident. Um, So I I felt like that theme was a, a little underexplored, but it was kind of an interesting little nugget to like think about.
1: Yeah. In a lot of ways, Grace is almost, um, Kind of like she just graduated from high school and is going into college. Yeah. Uh, She's a late bloomer due to her health. And yeah, there are those moments where, like you mentioned, she says, well, I feel like I shouldn't have days. Like, I'm really lucky I'm just alive. But she lives in a society. She's a human being. Um, But it makes sense that you would have that kind of guilt attached to it as well and um no it, it's really interesting cuz you could tell like if she never had her heart problem she'd um she probably would have went off to italy a long time ago to be an artist and maybe on a gallery um but we're kind of just seeing her first steps into adulthood in a way and her family and her friends they're very protective of her uh but not in a a suffocating way. Like when Bob comes into her life, they're like, what do you want with our grace? Which I never usually like in plots. No. Um, they're more, it's more like, oh, you see how wonderful she is too. Great. Like, come in, please. She deserves to find love. Um, so yeah, they're, um I, I could definitely see how they could dive into that a little more. Um, but with all the, Kind of plot threads and characters they were juggling. Um, At least it didn't feel disrespectful. I, you know, um, right. It it informed everything that happened. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess maybe underexplored. might be like kind of. um, Maybe like a kind of a harsher word than I mean, because I kind of feel like it does. It does kind of have this like kind of unspoken thing with the film like i feel like it's in a lot of the decisions that you know grace makes and a lot of you know um things that her characters that her character says and and does so i feel like like maybe there's no like monologue where she's like i feel so guilty and you know maybe that would not have been as subtle or nuanced as this movie is but uh, i yeah i definitely feel like um it does hang over the film, even if it's not, you know, stated outright. And I like what you said about them being protective, and it's like a, in a very unique way. Like, you know, I'm kind of glad that they're not sheltering her. In fact, they're doing the opposite. They're trying to like push her out into the world to have experiences. So, that's, I mean, it's always refreshing to see a film, you know, where like, you know, the the family is encouraging, you know, the female character to actually, like, go out and, like, live a life rather than trying to keep her, like, boxed in as this, like, you know, timid little hard patient.
1: Right. Like, um, when Bob shows up at the restaurant after hours, uh, I'd be like, oh, I forgot my phone. I can help you out, though. Um, and she leaves. She's like, no, no, I'm fine. Because uh, she's like in her shower cap and rope She's oh, not yeah. seen that when she leaves the room. He's like, Should I go help her? And they're like all, all the old men are like, Yes, go help her. Go, <laughs> yeah. go out to her. And like Bonnie Bonnie Hunt giving her the advice like have fun on your date, but don't shave your legs. I'll keep you from going too far. Which seemed like a very Catholic friend advice to get <laughs>
0: Yeah yeah. I mean I guess you have, you know, Irish people and, and Italians so it's like a lot a lot of Catholics <laughs> um, yeah and I um, you know I, another scene that I found very like charming and actually very differently executed than what I would have thought is when um, he is like, like when she slaps him for like kind of going like towards her chest, like not in the kind of a like, gropey, like creepy way, but just I think it's something innocent, like with his jacket or something. Mm-hmm. And she kind of slaps him and then like, kisses him and then like, runs off. And it's such a like, I, I, I like that it was like very like it was cute, you know. It was very uh, yeah, it was a lot different than <laughs> I thought. That it was scene a good was going. slap
1: too. Yeah, it's well, a good Well, It played like an instant muscle memory she has from always clutching things to cover up her chest. Yeah not more like how dare you you cad like
0: <laughs> right yeah
1: and he's not played off like like, what's wrong with you he's just like I literally have no idea where that was coming from I wasn't trying anything <laughs>
0: yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I, it's so funny yeah this movie is really funny and so I feel like together. if I watch it more and more like the comedy will just kind of jump out even more which I will plan to do because I really really enjoyed it yeah, um, I don't
1: know if you're a physical media person at all, but the commentary that has Bunny Bonnie, Bonnie Hunt on it is really entertaining.
0: Oh, really? Like, um, do you remember like any like particular kind of well, one liners she might have been saying?
1: Or... But she she's just she's herself, so she's a comedian. She's very entertaining to talk to, yeah, or to listen to. Uh, but she gets into everything and talks about how everyone was, and it, it's one of those commentaries where even if you're not a big commentary person, just put on the background, it'll probably cheer you up.
0: Yeah, yeah, I should I should look for that because I mean I do love commentaries.
1: Okay. Oh, um, yeah, it's on the DVD and the Blu-ray, so oh, you're covered.
0: Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Um, yeah, I mean, do you? I mean, do you have anything, you know, more that you want to bring out that we didn't touch upon or any final thoughts?
1: I just feel bad that <laughs> we ended up talking about a movie that's just so lovable. Yeah. <laughs> We're just talking about like a person we both adore and like, no, but really they're just great.
0: Yeah. You, know? yeah.
1: Just, you should hang out with them. <laughs> they're really pleasant. It not set the world on fire. It's it didn't like change the way you'll look at romantic comedies. But, um, even with that high concept plot, it never feels contrived and it's very refreshing and it really shows the importance of family and friends as much as it does romantic love. And it's, it's one you can pretty much watch with your whole family when you're like together for the holidays. It's, yeah. um, you know, they're, some just pure sweet films exist out there and i think this is definitely one of them
0: yeah i mean like i i once had like an old professor um who would always say like you know film can have kind of this like high concept you know hard to believe premise but everything else in the film has to be grounded and authentic for the audience to buy it they said like you can you know, you can get away with, like, the most outlandish premise, and as if everything else makes, like, logical sense, like, within the world of the film, then your audience will buy it. And, like, he was talking about, I think, like, science science fiction or horror or something like that, but I think it applies to this film, and I was thinking about, thinking about that old professor uh, watching it, because I'm like, yeah, this premise is very hard to buy, like... You know, if I were to explain to someone who had never heard of it, saying, like, yeah, it's about someone who falls in love with his dead wife's heart. It's like, you you need, like, three sentences just to, like, explain the general premise. But because everything else in this film is so, like, lovely and natural and believable, then that high concept is, like, really easy to swallow and buy into. And you don't even notice how bizarre it is until you talking about it on a podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> Right, exactly and that's why i'm with you a hundred percent bonnie hunt please come back to screenwriting and directing
0: i know like, we need we need more movies like this honestly and like i'm not the kind of person to say that you know but um when i'm watching this movie i'm like this is i mean this movie could only have existed in this sort of like two in like in the year 2000 you know because i think once we get into like the mid 2000s like Movies become more, like, cynical. So, I, I, yeah, I feel like, you know, we we need some, we need more movies like this. And, like, Bonnie Hunt, like, your voice is needed in these horrible times. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's people are sweet and genuine in a very real way. In a way that will remind you of people you love being around in your real life. Um, and that's great. I love that. And there's no, like, trumped-up villain in this, which is something that's a trope I really hate in a lot of romantic comedies. Yeah. Like the ex has
0: to be evil and just,
1: there's nothing like that. Everyone's a human being.
0: I even mean, Jim even Marsha is English. iconic in her own way.
1: Oh no. Like, <laughs> I mean, okay. She's so she's, kind she's kind of my a terrible character. date. I do not want to go out with her, but she's hilarious. She <laughs> plays that kind of person perfectly. She is fun to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean i completely agree with you i really enjoyed this movie i'm really really glad that you mentioned it um you know for the listener it is streaming um i think on i watched it on voodoo for free so i think you have i that thought, thought it was on tubby too or yeah, Tubi. Yeah.
1: i don't know how to pronounce that <laughs> <lab>, but t-u-b-i <laughs> yeah
0: it's definitely out there available so i highly recommend it um stephanie where can people find you online
1: Oh, uh, Twitter is the best place. Uh, I have my blog link there. Whenever I have new stuff, I put it there. And I'm scrawfish on Twitter.
0: Yes. Um, excellent. And I highly recommend people check you out on Twitter and all your writing because it's uh, it's great. I really enjoy it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at TheManish89. Uh, please follow the podcast at it Pot to Be you. Um, rate, review, subscribe so that we can attract more listeners and um, I can hear your thoughts on the show. Um, and and
1: maybe Bon Hunt will see this and listen to it. You know what? I might actually tag her on Twitter. Eyes.
0: Like, lady. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, like, maybe this will inspire. Uh her to continue her filmmaking career
1: oh and she'll give us cameo roles oh my god (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: um yeah and to listeners um thank you so much for listening and please watch this film uh stephanie thanks again i had a great time chatting with you um if you ever want to come back on the podcast i'd love to have you to talk about you know the other films that you mentioned and, um, yeah, I'm really glad that we could, you know, chat about you know, something else besides, you know, genre films. I know is what you're kind of more known for. <laughs> uh,
1: but no, it's always I, nice to really talk, nice. talk to, <laughs> yeah, talk to you.
0: Yeah, I love to come back. And Great. you
1: set it on records so now you're
0: <laughs> Now I have to do that. <laughs> <it.
1: laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Good night.
1: If I heard you, I'm sorry. Oh me and please say your mind return to me please come back Bellamia hurry back, hurry home to my lips, to my arms and